0: Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 63 is an interview with Jean Dykes, one of the most prolific and successful, sorry, septuagenarian racers of all time, winning multiple Masters National Championships, setting a number of national records, becoming the oldest person ever to run the triple crown of 200s, which is three 200-mile races in a single year, and achieving a marathon PR of 2.54.23 at 70 years of age. Jean was born in Canton, Ohio in 1948. He lived there until he attended university, graduating in 1970 with a BA in chemistry. After two years in the army serving in Vietnam and Japan, Dykes received a PhD in biochemistry in 1978. He then embarked upon a career in computer programming until he retired in 2012. He married in 1982 and along with his wife raised two daughters. Dykes ran track in high school and college, but for most of his life was just an occasional jogger or runner. At age 50, he tore his hamstring and was unable to run at all for six years. Once he healed, he began running for enjoyment again. At age 58, he ran the New York City Marathon, his first marathon. He has now completed around 120 marathons. He's also completed many ultra marathons. In the last few years, he set 14 national age records group records and won 15 national championships at distances from 3k to 100 miles that's uh, a big repertoire in december 2018 he ran the world's fastest marathon for the age of 70 2:54:23, and the following spring he broke the boston marathon age group course record by almost 20 minutes such an inspiring story Do you have injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Running is not just good for our physical health, but also our mental health. It's important on so many levels to all of us that we can keep running. Come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance, where they utilise the latest in technology and experience to help you achieve the results you want and are capable of. So head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram, Performance. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast. Rating, reviewing and sharing helps more people find the podcast and grows the audience. Towel Runner gave five stars and says, Sean Bell, what a remarkable young man. Such a great interview. Love this one. Really looking forward to following his achievements. Thanks so much for that review. You can also go to the YouTube channel under my name, Isabel Ross, to see the video recordings of this podcast and many others. Enjoy the interview with Jean. Hi, Gene, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast.
1: Well, thank you. It's always fun to talk down under.
0: Yeah, so um, can you tell the listeners who may not have heard about you a bit about yourself and your running background and how you got into running?
1: Oh, I first got into running way before it was popular. Uh, Some people say that Fix's book, you know, kicked off the running thing. I was running for 10 years before that, and... uh, It was when nobody, but nobody ran, uh, you know, dogs would go berserk when you ran by and people would stop and stare. It was, uh, really something. So, uh, naturally I ran track in high school and college and I thought I was hot stuff in high school, but I got to college and I found out I was totally outclassed. (laughs) Competitors, teammates alike were lapping me in the two mile races. So, uh, that was an important uh aspect of my career because i was so in firm belief that i wasn't a very good runner that i never tried to do anything competitive after college so i just but i enjoyed running sometimes i'd be in shape sometimes not and uh so i would just jog and uh that lasted until i was 56 and uh then i I fell in with a bad crowd, you know how it goes, and uh, they only talked about racing and so I had to give it a try. It was a lot of fun. So uh, my first uh, race was a trail race. It was just seven miles long. It was just totally gonzo. It was so much fun. And, uh, and a week or two later, I ran a half marathon on the road. That was my first road race. And ever since then, I've tried to go longer on trails and faster on roads. And uh, okay, yep. and that's uh, about where I am today. I might hope not, but I might be on the other side of the curve now.
0: What do you mean the other side of the curve?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I kept well, for uh, ever since I was 56 until the age of 70, I got faster and ran further. Um, uh, and that, you know, all my personal bests are from uh, in 2018 uh oh, okay and uh I'd hoped I had hoped they could keep improving for a couple more years, but of course, you know things have gotten in the way, and I'm sort of back to back to square one now
0: but maybe a, a year of not racing will be like a refresher
1: no absolutely no. <laughs> not. I, I i thrive on racing uh, yeah. when i uh, uh broke the age group uh, marathon world record, that was after that was my forty third race of the year. Oh wow! Raced. I raced every weekend, and every weekend I'd get stronger. And without racing, but, I'm I'm pretty of, much back to zero.
0: So what sort of um, like length races? If you're racing, if you're racing every weekend, what sort of races? Like what distance? Oh, all
1: kinds. Everything from uh, everything from fifteen hundred meters on a track to two hundred miles on the road or on a trail. Um, in fact, I mean, I do a lot of things which people think oh you can't do that uh, so two weeks before that before you know most people are starting their taper yeah. and have uh, you know, gotten their long run in that weekend i ran a 50k trail race on saturday
0: and, and this is on, yeah sorry, this is
1: two weeks before 200 mile huh? no this is two weeks before the marathon ah, okay uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah people say you know you've got to got to be tapering you. for, if, especially if you're trying for a world record. <laughs> no, I ran a 50k trail race on Saturday and a uh, a marathon on Sunday. I mean, a hard marathon. It was uh, the California International Marathon and I was uh, going all out. Wow. The following weekend, I ran a hard 5k and uh, then went down to Florida and, and ran the, the marathon of my life. So well, I think a lot of people over overrest, I guess you could say, uh, who think, oh, I, I can't do that many races. Well, of course I can do that many races because I'm retired. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't sneer at people who don't run 43 races a year, but uh, no, every one of them made me stronger.
0: So the 50K, you said you did the 50K, then a marathon the next day. Did you push the 50K or just push the marathon? Or do you push every oh, time you race or do you no, ever? I never
1: push 50Ks. Yeah. I, I didn't slog it. It was my daughter's first 50K. And so oh, nice. I ran the whole race with her. So that was oh, that, was that would fine. have been awesome. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. Um, yeah. And uh, can't talk her into any races longer than that, though. <laughs> so. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. that would have been. Uh, yeah. And so, and and that race in 2018. That was your, um, that was, you did 254. Is that correct? Is that yeah, that
1: 254, 23.
0: And how old were you at that time? 70. That is amazing. Like. Um, I mean, I've done a sub three marathon, but geez, just one. And that was a struggle. And that was a while ago. So yeah. What sort of training do you do to enable you to run so fast in a marathon? And and I've seen some of your shorter distance times too. They're pretty amazing. Um, and yet still be able to run 200 miles. Often they say you can't combine the two. How do you do
1: that? Well, uh, there are, for one thing uh how do i train uh, i do whatever my coach tells me to do <laughs> i have got a great coach yeah i'd still be joe ordinary without without my coach um uh, you know, i had run seven years before knuckling down and deciding that i'd give him a trial for five months and uh it was amazing the runner he found inside me I mean,
0: well, that's awesome yeah
1: things i i couldn't have believe now when i signed up for Ultra races while he was training me, I'm sure he banged his head against the wall and, and said, You know, no, look, look, you hired me to get you faster. Uh, and this isn't going to do it. But I think we're both have discovered, we're both on board with the idea that uh, base, getting in a big solid base by doing big long ultras is beneficial to the marathon. I mean, I, as far as I know, I'm the only one who does it and, uh, it's, it's, and, and it's worked. So we're one for one in that. Uh, in in that trial. So I usually allocate the season. I go three months where I'm doing a lot of ultras, and then I'll, and because I have that big base, I don't have to train, you know, 16 weeks for a marathon. I only need to train six to eight weeks. I just have to Mm. convert that base into speed. So I can do a series of uh, marathons. Then I'll go back to doing ultras again in the summer when there isn't any really serious racing going on. And then in the fall, I'll pick up a few more important races again. So that's I how see. I combine them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think they uh, they help each other. And doing ultras, I don't train for them. My marathon training is is sufficient to do ultras. Uh, of course, each ultra is training for the next one. But yeah. uh, no, if you're thinking of doing a 50K, fifty k, fifty miler, if you're a decent marathon shape, you can do it. You don't have to train yeah. for it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So when you're in that um, ultra. Um, marathon sort of phase of your like your base building phase will you do one of them every week
1: well not every week um i i think maybe it was 2018 where i did 250 milers a 100 miler and a 200 miler in in five or six weeks um, wow but but that was just you know that's because i wonder if i can do that i mean every remember i said i wanted to go farther every year on a trail so every year i set myself a new stretch you know something that was way beyond what i'd ever done before it's getting harder harder to do that um yeah but uh yeah and that 200 miler was uh, in australia yes, so i warmed right. up for it by doing a couple 50s and 100 in the, in the us
0: yeah nice and um so when you're in your marathon training phase um what does that look like do you do a tempo session some interval work what sort of things are you doing mm-hmm.
1: Well, my coach is really good at mixing it up, so it's uh, not easy to say, but probably just uh, the usual mix of uh, a couple recovery runs and a rest day, uh, you know, things that look like tempo runs and, and a long run. Uh, he really mixes up the uh, those tempo runs where I'm doing, you know, maybe two or three miles at some fast pace or maybe only, you know, 800 meters and, you know, it just... Every, every time I almost have to, I have to write these down on a piece of paper. Some of them are so complicated, but, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I never get bored with his workouts.
0: That's good. Yeah. And um, so what's sort of your average mileage per week? Uh,
1: about 45 miles per week, I guess, on average. Um, I think that is both when I'm training for a marathon or over the entire year, I, I would say I'd probably get into the fifties and sixties at the peak of marathon training yeah
0: and um do you do any sort of ancillary work like strength work or yoga or any of that sort of stuff or you just run
1: oh yeah now you're into what I'm famous for I just run <laughs> I don't do I don't do any anything else unless you consider golf uh, cross training well um, I guess it's kind of like a walk isn't it <laughs> well I I, I I like to carry my bag uh, yeah but uh, uh yeah, stretching flexibility exercises core cross training special diet no nah, none of that stuff I, you know, I just run
0: well you're you're proving that there's some benefits perhaps to to doing that, so you know that's doesn't mean it's a yeah, a bad thing not to cross train and so then how do you um do are you ever injured have you been injured at all
1: Oh unfortunately, I'm injured right now um, oh no. I've been uh, I've been out since April. Uh, uh. Plantar fasciitis. I've never had that before. I'm not quite sure what caused it, but uh, yeah, it may have been uh, I did 100 miles in 24 hours during one of these virtual races.
0: Ah, uh, uh, okay.
1: And then immediately started training hard for a 5K. So I don't know which of those which of those two. Uh, Maybe just the, a,
0: the magic combination. I was hoping it
1: was a stress fracture. I mean, you know, it might have put yeah. me out longer, but at least you know it's going to be fixed. That's you know, right. Who knows how well, long plantar fasciitis? Yeah, it's
0: going to go. I've heard that can hang around for years for some people. But um, mm-hmm. fingers crossed, that's not the case for you. I, I agree. Sometimes you wish a, a fracture would be better. So, um, well, I guess of all times to be injured, I guess now is the, the perfect time because yeah, at least you're not missing so. out.
1: I've had. 35 races canceled this year, you know, every one of them, when it gets canceled, it's, yeah, that's great. I couldn't have done it anyway. Yeah. So but yeah, the that's funny hard. thing is, you know, you're out for, out for three months. Of course, I've gotten in a few runs, but then gave them up again. But at yeah. that point, I feel like I am all the way back down to an ordinary runner. And I'm sitting here saying, why is this woman calling from Australia to talk to me? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just so totally, Totally because you're brilliant.
0: amazing and I think you're very inspirational and you know I think awesome you know I I um I actually I only just went onto YouTube the other day I was bored you know sitting at home in isolation and a video of you came up and I went this guy is amazing I've got to contact him so I did so that's how uh-huh. I that's how this is happening <laughs> and you can thank YouTube
1: well, um, don't forget that guy was two years younger.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know that's only—it's only two years. Yeah. Um, so if you don't do any stretching or anything like that, what do you do for recovery?
1: Uh, well, the reason I don't do stretching is you know I've I've found from history that if I stretch I get injured. I mean yep. it's the stretching that injures me. Some bodies just weren't made to be stretched. So when I say I don't stretch, what I want to emphasize is that if somebody tells you you've got to stretch, I'm not saying don't stretch, mm. just don't consider it gospel. Um, yes. And that takes care of lots, lots of other things too. you got to, don't do things unless you convince they work for you. Just, conventional wisdom is frequently useless or counterproductive. Uh, for instance, conventional wisdom is you've got to take electrolytes. I mean, mm. for most, most races, that's just total bunk. You don't your body has all the electrolytes you you need to keep your blood chemistry stable and uh yeah some people need it i guess uh they may sweat out more than others but in general nah you know it's just another one of those conventionalisms that doesn't hold up uh,
0: so do you, do you have massage or anything like
1: that oh i don't usually get a massage actually my best running buddy uh gave massages and then she moved away so <laughs> i just you know i kind of got massages just to throw her some money now and then but uh, uh i've never never thought massages were worth the money so uh,
0: so uh, what are you I'm doing for the plantar- for, for the plantar fasciitis at the well plantar- i am
1: having physical therapy in fact uh, i have one today in, in about an hour and yep. i'll be rushing off uh, right after this it's done a good job of uh, getting the, the pain down so that it doesn't hurt when I walk. I don't have morning pain. And oh, the good. last two or three days, I've hardly felt it at all. Just, you know, just something way in the background. But I kind of felt like that twice before. And I, I ran for three or four days. And then I felt like I was just, you know, felt like I was back to square one again. And so I stopped. So I may not run at all this week. I want to kind of like feel pain free for a whole week. Yeah. And then, of course, my first run will be a, a nine mile trail race, so 15K.
0: <laughs> of course. Why not?
1: <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: So, you said um, you got this um, in about April. So, have you done much running at all since then?
1: Since uh, April? Yeah. No, I just uh, I tried to ramp up for five days twice, and both times I thought uh, it turned out to be a bad idea. So, yeah. a lot of injuries you can train through. You know, you yeah. get to a certain point where Even when training, the pain is is going away. Uh, This doesn't seem to be one of them. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I don't know how it'll turn out. Hoping I can manage. Maybe my running career is over, I don't know.
0: No, no, don't say that. You've still got to come out to Australia for the 200 miler, don't you?
1: Uh, Yeah, if they uh, manage to hold one again. uh, I think they're holding one this year, but. There's no way I can get into yeah. Australia without nah. a two, two weeks of quarantine, so that makes yeah. it not worth it. I do have, I will do, you know, see we have this series of 200-mile lists. Yeah. Uh, the Delirious West was the first one. The, the Irrational South was to be the second one this year. Uh, I was hoping to do the inaugural race of all three of them. I was hoping uh. to do Irrational South this year and the Unreasonable East next year. Uh, I don't know which one... I can do next year, one or the other, but I, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, it depends um, when they open up. I'm thinking maybe not until March next year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they might not open up the, the borders, and who knows? Who knows? Um, and so um, do you have any specific diet that you follow, or once again, do you just um, stick to what works for you, no. which is a standard diet? Everything
1: in moderation. I just, mm-hmm. you know, eat eat whatever I want, usually too much. <laughs> so I have to run it off. Yeah, so yeah. I've obviously gained a little weight in the last three months. Um, and uh, race day, that's always been a struggle for ultras. I mean, it's easy on on, uh, on marathons. I For anything shorter than the marathon, it's easy. I don't eat anything race day or during the race. So- Oh, really? Yeah, No, I don't want anything in my stomach. If you haven't got all the glycogen stored, for a race shorter than, you know, an hour and a half, uh, you're not going to get it from eating. Eating is no, kind of counterproductive. You have to spend blood that has to go to your intestines to digest yeah. the food, and that's blood that isn't going to your muscles. So, no. Uh, but for a marathon, you know, you're going just slow enough, and if you get something that doesn't uh, that really digest easily, and fortunately there is a miracle product that, you know, in the last two years that... Uh, does that for me. Uh, you've probably heard of it. Mountain uh, nutrition, it's a kind of a powder that gets me 320 calories in, in a bottle. Oh, wow. Uh, normally I would be able to get maybe 300 calories down of some other sports drink with, uh, during a marathon. And mm. even that would leave me feeling queasy. With Martin yeah. I could go through three bottles of this. So that's wow. 960 additional calories. Uh, wow. Yeah. Race and that, yeah, I don't think I could have uh, done that marathon in Florida without it. It's amazing stuff.
0: I'll have to get you to send me the link so I can put that in the show notes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Because I was going to ask what you have in a, in a, in a race. So if you have that in a marathon, what would you have in an ultra? Would you have that in an ultra with some real food or?
1: Uh, I- uh, I try and go with real food as long as possible. Uh, mm. I tend toward nausea if I get, you know, really tired or really hot or or so on. And and Martin is useful then too. Uh, I don't know, I'm sort of Pennywise and foolish. Oh, well, you know, it's too expensive to take in an ultra, but, uh, uh, you know, it got me through uh, a couple races, and a couple races when I didn't take it, I, I you know, I really should have. It's just amazing stuff. But, it it goes right through your stomach and into your intestines and it's your stomach that causes nausea. Yeah. And so it, it's absorbed faster and doesn't cause any upset whatsoever. Wonderful stuff. And they don't they don't pay me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Wow, send me free stuff.
0: That's it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I'm surprised. Um and so like when you're um so just give the listeners some of your PB. So, what what is your PB for
1: five k? Uh, PR. That my PR for five k is the only one I didn't get in the last couple of years. It's about six or seven years old now, uh-huh. and that's nineteen o one. That's nice. I've run. I can still run under nineteen twenty, but I just can't get down there to nineteen minutes. Huh? I'll
0: still have, i still. I wouldn't mind nineteen twenty at the moment. So. And um, what about over 10k?
1: 10k, I believe I I could uh, I pull up uh, things. I'm not trying to remember these, but 10k does uh, 39 minutes sound about right? Yeah, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thir- I and, think that's also like 3901 or, yeah. or something. I seem to have trouble getting through that one second. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: probably more a mental barrier than anything, than I guess. And what about for a half marathon?
1: A half. That's 126. It's not a 01, it's 126.04. I think.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, um, when you're doing those races, because they're pretty swift times, is it painful for you? Uh,
1: you know, it's interesting. When I tell people who are either beginning running and they ask for advice, they say the worst pain is out of shape pain. You know, mm. You're going to get out there and you're going to just want to toss in the talon. Probably a lot of them do. The thing is, the faster you get, the easier it gets. And my fastest marathon ever was one of my easiest, because, you know, it's not like, I think people think when you break a world record that you've dug down deep and gone way beyond what was possible. No, you can only do what you're trained for. And the whole idea is you arrive at the finish line right at the limit of what you're trained for. And, uh, you know, I, I, probably the last couple hundred yards I can try and pick it up and leave myself totally exhausted. Uh, and of course I have, you know, arrived at the finish line with the dry heaves, almost any hard race, I'll usually arrive finish line with the dry heaves because I picked it up the last quarter mile. Now, if I tried to pick up any earlier than that, you know, yeah. I would totally, uh, totally bomb out. So, and when you're running what you're trained for, it's easy. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, I mean it's not not easy, but uh quite manageable. It's not not like you're you're desperate the whole way.
0: Okay, so obviously um you're in your training you've really pushed it and you've experienced what it feels like, so then you know the
1: paces to go at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, a lot of people say, Oh, I had a bad race, I was five or ten minutes slower than I thought, or five or ten minutes. That never happens to me. I know exactly pretty much what I'm going to get in a race, uh, I, you know, within within seconds sometimes. Um,
0: so you've really uh, learned to um, listen to your body and, and run by feel, or do mm-hmm. you use a watch and use that to pace yourself?
1: When I train, I'm kind of, and race, I'm kind of married to my, my watch. I'm constantly watching the pace. Okay. Uh, you know, for instance, I think an important thing to do in every workout when you've got, say, maybe 10 tempo miles or something you want to do each one faster than the previous one Mm. and you can't do that if you aren't you know keeping your keeping a look at your pace yeah and I rarely look at heart rate but I do have one one workout that I use to check my heart rate on which gives me a good indication of where I stand uh, relative to a record and I've used that to say okay it's not quite there I'm going to come up just short of the record and that that happened uh uh, the race before Florida. In Toronto, I came up 20 seconds short, just yeah. just like I predicted. Uh, but if I'd had Martin, I think I'd have, I'd have done it. Uh, yeah. Kind of hit the wall there. So, uh, yeah, I, I love GPS watches. I, I just can't run without them. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Um, and I, I agree, I'm the same. Um, what do you think about when you're racing? Do you think about anything particular, or you just don't think, or are you saying mantras?
1: Uh, most of the time, I'm hoping that I can be running alongside somebody that I can gab with because, you know, some, a lot of people have this notion that you can't talk when you're running because you're running so hard. But yeah, I mean, you know that if you, in most long races, if you're not running at a conversational pace, you're not going to reach the finish line. Uh, uh, that's why I hate 5K so much. <laughs> you can't talk to anybody. <laughs> no. You're totally out of, totally out of breath. So, uh, but uh, I guess I might zone out a little just trying to keep, keep on to my pace, uh, but I frequently, you know, obviously spectators coming up, I'll try and think of something, something to say to them as I go by and uh, I try and enjoy it. Uh, a little public service type thing is I can't understand people who wear headphones when they're racing. Mm. You know, it's okay for training and all, but I refuse to believe that what they think they gain by it is worth what they're losing. Yeah. And because every race is different and the sounds and engaging with spectators and runners, it's just uh something I'd never, never, never give up. Yeah.
0: Now um with the ultras that you do, um, because you've done like like you said, a two like the mile you've done, how long did that take?
1: Takes a little over four days. Uh, the winners will do it in about two and a half days. Yep. And uh, and uh, we back of the Packers are happy to just come in under under the under the cut line. So, um, would you
0: sleep during that one?
1: Oh yeah, I think maybe some people have gotten through without, but uh, you don't get much. I'd say I'll take a two-hour nap, top one and a half to two-hour nap uh, once day or maybe two times every three days and yeah uh when sleep deprivation hits it hits you like a ton of bricks i mean you're running along and then yes. all of a sudden um the first sign is tunnel vision you know what you what you see you start you start not seeing things here and you start cool. seeing only things here and the funny thing is and i think it's because your brain just can't process anything but what's important so it says oh forget what's out here and but it, it has to show you something <laughs> So the interesting thing is when you've got this tunnel vision, you see all kinds of things off to the side, you see buildings, and roads, and fences, and all kinds of things that aren't, aren't <laughs> there, your, yeah. your mind is just throwing it in there to fill up the space, and, uh, and shortly after that, then you just, your brain really starts sh- shutting down, and it's just, it's just awful, and, uh, yeah. You hope you're close to an aid station when that happens but uh, sometimes I've had to run one or two hours where I didn't didn't think I could make it to the next bush and uh, it's really terrible a lot of people hallucinate mm-hmm. I've never had a real good hallucination during a 200 miler uh, Well, my best sort of hallucination was at the end of a 120 miler in that one I, I ran 48 straight hours without a oh, break uh, you know except aid station breaks but Certainly yeah. no naps or anything, and in the last mile, I was running along uh, through this wooded section. I knew the end was coming up, and I and I saw a marshal out there taking down names of people who were walking. I knew that's <laughs> what he was there for. So so of course I picked it up, and and when I got there, it was just a tree, you know. <laughs> and, and I went another 50 yards and I saw another one this this time. It's not a lucid. This guy is taking down names of people who are walking. So that kept, that kept me running the last mile because I was always convinced somebody was out there to see if I was slacking off.
0: Isn't that funny? It was a helpful hallucination. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> what would you say to people who say, say that they're too old to run fast?
1: Oh well, uh, of course not. I can't say that everybody can pick up running at age in their late 50s and, and be breaking world records in in 10 years or so. But uh, if not faster, you can certainly run farther. And hmm. uh, uh, but the whole important thing is you're not trying to to beat world records in general or or even win races everything that motivated me for the first seven years or so was just beating that guy in the mirror. Yeah. his time's from the previous year. I said, whatever he did last year, I'm going to beat it this year. And, and it wasn't until, you know, a long time that I started approaching uh, other goals. And that was, that was plenty of goal for me for quite a number of years. It was just outdoing whatever I did the year before, just run a little farther, a little faster, a little more often. And anybody who's looking to get into ultras uh, stage races uh, are wonderful ways to do it you 'll look at it and say one hundred and fifty miles in a in a week i can 't do that, but it 's amazing uh, even if you 've never run more than seventy miles in a week in your life you can You can easily do one hundred and fifty miles in a stage race it's just in fact, you feel stronger toward the end it 's it's, it's an amazing thing and uh, and uh, another good thing are twenty four hour races. You know, mm. things this is, uh, you know there's no set distance or time you have to run. You just see how your body reacts to spending a long time on your feet. But uh, I highly recommend uh, finding some destination race where you're going to have to run a little farther than you ever have and uh, travel somewhere you've always wanted to go and combine that with running. It's just just uh, an amazing thing to to do that. So
0: I guess um, running has taken you to some pretty amazing places, hasn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, And every year, well, it used to be one destination race a year. Now I I take three or four. Next year, if they don't cancel everything, I'm going to uh, Australia, uh, Morocco, Norway, Finland. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that will be brilliant. all places, uh, particular places there that I've never been to before. That's in addition to London and and Canada, you know, places <laughs> I hardly consider <laughs> <traveling>. <laughs> <and> travel anymore. <laughs>
0: and um, so the the race in Australia, what what time of year is that meant to be?
1: <clears throat> oh, uh, <clears throat> well, the, you know, he's he's changed them around. You know, Delirious mm. West, I guess, is still in early in the year, like February. Mm. Uh, mm. One of them is in October, which was going to be a bad time for me. But it turns out the London Marathon is going to be October 3rd. So I might go to that and then fly directly from London to Australia for one of the... I don't remember if it's the Irrational South or the Unreasonable East.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Um, I'm thinking by October next year, it'll be fine to come out here, I would say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, hope so.
0: Yeah. Jeez, if we're still like this in October next year... <laughs> that'll be horrible Mm -hmm. um uh, certainly if you you come out i would love to interview you again when you're out here um so what have been your favorite races tell us what been your favorite marathon and say your favorite ultra maybe 100 miler Mm -hmm. so far Mm,
1: that's a lot easier with ultras for some reason they're all wonderful but uh the bigfoot 200 was was totally magical uh it you know it's sort of a, a race where the first hundred miles and the second hundred miles are about as different as can be. The first hundred miles runs through the blast zone of Mount St Helens, uh, uh, you know, the volcano which erupted about thirty years ago, and everything is still dead. Right. Um, uh, it just obliterated everything. It either incinerated it or covered it in ash. You know, there's you know the shrubs here and there, but yeah, uh, no no sign whatsoever of the forest that used to be there, and then. At one point during the race, you cross over from the blast zone into the deep forest. And it's as abrupt as one step, you're in the blast zone. And the next step, oh, wow. you're sur- it was like, you look around and say, wait, what just happened here? <laughs> and, uh, and and then you're running up and down through uh, just really deep forest. It's a, an amazing race. But all those 200s have been great. Uh, yeah. The Moab 240 was wonderful. Tahoe's nice. Uh, I'm r- surely hoping the next 200s in Australia will be really really something to look forward to. Mm. Now, I may not be able to run as fast, but I'm hoping to run further. Uh, next year, I've signed up for a 250 mile race and a oh, 330 wow. mile race. Oh, so which uh, ones are they? Uh, the 250 miler is in Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, a point-to-point race. And the 330 milers in Northern California runs really? from the coast to halfway up Mount Shasta, a big volcano in the, uh, up there.
0: And so these are both, um, they're not stage races, they're
1: one hit. No. Yeah, start wow. the clock and whatever you want to do. 330 uh, miles. Yeah, well, the reason I think I can do it is because at the end of every 200, uh, I've never felt like, I couldn't, I had to stop. I could have, could have kept on going. Sleep deprivation is the only thing you you, see, you reach a steady state. You get in about 80 or 90 miles in and that's rock bottom right there. I mean, you've, you've hit the wall, you've run out of glycogen. And I mean, what can be worse than hitting the wall? You know, nothing's worse than that. You just have to keep going. Your body adjusts to the calories you're able to supply and, and you can just keep going and going and going. And, I looked at the amount of time they allotted for these and I said, Well that's that'll allow me to get enough sleep to to keep on going.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So who crews you for all
1: these races? I generally don't have a crew or a pacer. Oh. I just yeah. You know, drop bags, aid stations, that's all you need. I mean a crew is I mean it's been nice. One time I had a crew just because some guy wanted to run with me. You know, so he was my <laughs> pacer and his his crew was you know i use no it's definitely nice but i had to organize a crew myself it's just a distraction from the race uh, and having a pacer the whole time well i guess every once in a while you want company but the mix of running into a new runner and talking with them and sometimes spending hour upon hour alone in the wilderness with, mm. with just you and the mountain lions it's you know it's 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 fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In
1: Australia, it's you and the snakes, you know.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I would have been
1: very disappointed if I hadn't seen a few deadly snakes. And I ended up seeing five. I saw oh, five, five deadly snakes and 5,000 sticks that weren't snakes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but briefly thought they were.
0: Yes, yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty common. <laughs> um, so you're married, am I correct?
1: Uh, yes. And does you're your wife run? For... No, she doesn't. She, she works, I'm retired and she isn't. So she works and I play, it's, it's a good deal. <laughs> it sounds perfect. <laughs> both of my daughters run though. So I, uh, I enjoy going, one lives in San Francisco and I go out there once or twice a year to run races. And the other one lives in Minneapolis, and, uh, Minnesota, the same. Yeah. And uh, it's always a treat to run with them. Highlights yeah. of the year.
0: Yeah, no, I can imagine um, it'd be awesome to run with your kids. And um so like when on your day- to- day training, do you run with anyone or just on your own most of the time?
1: uh I'd say most of the time I'm on my own. <clears throat> I used to run half the time with uh, with, uh, with Julie, who moved to New Mexico, and then I had another buddy that I ran with but he, he ended up having kids, and so <laughs> he was running, and now he's moved yeah. so uh, I've got one guy who I run with but he's way better than I am. So uh, he, I, I can meet up with him when I'm doing a hard workout and he's looking for an easy day. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And, and that's, it. that's the thing that's hard with running other, with other people is matching your paces. Um, so that's always a bit tricky.
1: Oh, yeah. But uh, there's all kinds of different workouts. And besides, and somebody says, I can't run with you. You're too fast. I say, look, I can run slow with the best of them.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, now back to like sleep deprivation, what do you use for that? Do you use, um, caffeine or
1: caffeine? Yeah, definitely. That, uh, anyway, as soon as the, as soon as it hits, I'll do a caffeine tablet and that works for about two hours and, yeah. uh, and maybe two, I've, I've been able to get through a section by doing four hours, you know, by taking another, another dose, uh, when the first one wore out. Yeah. But after that, uh. You know at some point you need real rest and amazingly enough it only takes an hour and a half to to reset with yeah. an hour and a half you can uh, get right back another way to cure sleep def- deprivation is make it till the daytime yeah. uh, it usually only hits at night uh you've got these you know circadian rhythms that keep you going during the day yeah so uh so uh, a nap caffeine or daylight is are all ways to to cure yeah. cure uh yeah There's no
0: real cure is there, except a proper sleep. And um, in a 100 miler, would you ever nap in a 100 miler?
1: No, no, I can, 100 milers I usually do in 24 hours to 28 hours or so. And uh, I'm pretty easily good to 36 without sleep. And I've done 48. Actually, there was one race, I ran 205 miles in 68 hours. And I intended to sleep, but I couldn't. So I guess yeah. you know, I rested, took significant rest breaks, but I guess I must have gone 70 straight hours without sleep. Wow. That's a, that's a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And um, so you were talking about those ultras, and, and you said stage races are a good idea. What stage races have you done?
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. There's a... Uh, <clears throat> In the Rockies, there's the, uh, the, uh, the Rockies uh, Trail. Uh, let's see, what, what do they call it? It's the Trans-Rockies, right? Yes. Trans-Rockies Stage Race. Then there's also a Trans-Alpine Stage Race, mm. and uh, it's a little longer, a lot harder, and a lot more scenic, but they're both both wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I've done uh, the Cape trail in Scotland.
0: Oh, nice! That was,
1: that was a lot longer than either of those. That was, yeah. you know, another new kind of scenery that was really amazing. Mm. You're running through, you know, heather and bogs, and you know, it's uh, that was really something. I, 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 is stage racing a thing in Australia? I,
0: um, I don't think no, I know of any. Yeah, there's a couple, not 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 many, but um, they're, they're more overseas. But people sometimes do go and travel to do them.
1: Mm-hmm. Another way, uh, things similar to stage races is usually you you know, hire somebody, Of course, you could do this on your own, but yeah. I've done a couple uh, adventure runs with my daughter where uh, the group would haul your equipment from one yeah. place to the next, and what and just like a stage race, except it wasn't a race; it was just meandering from point to point and having yeah. somebody else take take your luggage. Uh, there are stage races that are kind of unsupported in that you have to carry everything you need Mm. uh you know i kind of more like it seems to me it would be more like backpacking than running but i (laughs) might do one in iceland next year oh Uh, wow and uh and it it sounds it's called the fire and ice sounds really interesting iceland is a wonderful place wonderful Have place to be you've
0: been to iceland
1: yeah i've been there a couple of times uh yeah it's uh, just an amazing place for scenery and uh yeah yeah and interesting races yeah i but mean that if would you're be you're looking for a place to go for a week to run a race and do vacation uh, you, you can't beat it
0: yeah yeah no i would love to go to iceland and Certainly the scenery looks awesome there as, as does Norway, which like you said, you're planning what's, what's the race in Norway you're hoping to get to? I was,
1: I signed up for a 100 miler there this year. Yep. You know, it was one of the kinds where my 100 miler to get me in as a qualifier for the Western States ah. was canceled. So I quick looked yep. around for another hundred, you know, I only had a couple of weekends and I found a hundred yep. miler in Norway. So I signed up for that and that's another race they held, it, but I couldn't get into Norway to do it. Yeah. So my entry is deferred till next year so oh, and that's good. once you've decided to do a race you're it's, it's an itch you just have to keep yeah. scratching until you actually run it so there's no way I'm not going to actually do that race some year.
0: Mm-hmm. that's fair enough no no I totally understand that um, so I had a question but I've lost it now um, what what tips would you give listeners if if they want to keep running as you know as they get older um, what sort of tips would you give them?
1: I, uh, yeah, my idea of just, just trying to outdo yourself just by a little bit, you can just yeah. doing these incremental improvements. Uh, you know, after three years of running, I was doing things I didn't think were possible. And after six years, things that three years before I hadn't thought were possible. And, uh, if you've been a runner, your, your whole life, yeah, you're going to be definitely going downhill when you're getting older you can only run strong so many years but if you're taking it up oh there's lots of room for lots of room for improvement and uh and uh, yeah just keep that. find out which aspect of running appeals to you there's just so many things running alone uh listening to your thoughts listening to music running with friends racing different kinds of surfaces maybe like trails like roads it's it's just uh, so many ways to 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 do it, find out mm-hmm. what part you, know, you really like, and, and just try and do a little more of it each year, combining yeah. it with travel. Yeah, that's that's the best.
0: Yes, yes, no, definitely. Well, it certainly sounds like you're doing a lot of the combining it with travel, which is um, which is really awesome. So, hopefully, you get to go to all those races next year. Um, <clears throat> and um, is there any like you know when you're uh, running the Trail Ultras, is there any particular gear that you find is the best for you?
1: Uh, <clears throat> and do you use poles? I use poles, you know, if the train calls for it. I mean, if it's flat, no. Uh, I went to the Delirious West thinking I wouldn't need poles. I have no idea <laughs> why I thought that. And I don't think I could have made it through without uh, them. My, my pacer uh, gave me his. And, oh, wow. Uh, and just instantly, you know, when I started using them going up slopes, uh, I, I gained a whole whole lot of strength. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, for some reason, I'd gotten the impression that the west was along the beach a lot, and, <laughs> you know, flat otherwise. But no, there was a significant uh, elevation gain. And yeah. Poles really helped. A lot of yeah. the climbing was sandy, you know, and, and uh, there you really need to use every yeah. muscle in your body to help you get up the, the slopes. Yeah. Um, others uh you know find a really comfortable trail shoe uh, in general, you don't need to get anything really aggressive unless of course you get into that type of racing so so comfort is the thing you really want. Uh, a lot of people switch out shoes a lot. Uh, I figure why switch from your A shoes to your B shoes. Uh, I guess swelling is one reason too i I decided in my next one I'm going to switch to a pair of shoes half size or a size larger to yeah. account for that. Uh, good rain gear and uh, good warmth. Uh, I, I pack a little extra weight, making sure I've got things that keep me warm. Uh, I'll pull into a, an aid station in the middle of the night. And the first thing I do is I grab out of my pack the, uh, the ultralight light down uh, both parka and, and pants. And boy, I just, really gets you feeling toasty fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that's, and that's also sensible to have that warm gear because basically you never know what's going to happen in one of some of those long races.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, you, that's just amazing. The, the repertoire of races that you have and um, your ability to <clears throat> combine, I know you do them in different phases, but still to combine ultra distances and then running fast so thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. I really appreciate chatting with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been fun. Now I'm really looking forward to getting uh, back down there again. Yeah, no. It's i not I, be too far from the Irrational South. That starts in Adelaide. Near yeah, Melbourne, no, that's
0: right? not too far, no. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I mean, um, no, that would be awesome. And, and, and if we can connect then and, and do another um interview, that would be brilliant.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I right. well, look forward to that.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for your time. And hopefully, that plantar fasciitis uh-huh. is fixed up soon and and the airways open up again. All righty.
1: Okay. Thanks for Been that. you. Bye. Bye now.
0: I don't know about you, but I'm just in awe of how much we can still achieve as we get older with my big birthday this week. Um, he's certainly very inspirational to me and, and gives me hope for what can be achieved as we age. Aging happens to all of us, even though we forget and think that we'll be young forever. I know I still feel like I'm in my mid thirties until my daughter reminds me constantly. Um, and also, I don't know about you, but people who are non runners generally like to tell me that I you know, I should be relaxing and enjoying life and, and not pushing myself so hard. But um, it just goes to show you can be active and enjoy life. Personally, I think it makes life more enjoyable. In next week's episode, I chat with André Laguerche. André is a sports cardiologist here in Melbourne who is interested in the interaction between exercise and heart function and wants to develop more effective methods for studying the heart when it is being exerted during exercise. Andre is well known for his research within Australia's elite sporting communities and he is regularly asked to provide expert comment or to present health professionals, community sporting groups and the media with his expert opinion and I have actually saw him many years ago speaking on this topic. Andre is the Director of the National Centre for Sports Cardiology, a strategic partnership between clinical researchers who specialise in sports cardiology. It's a very interesting discussion and um, I recommend listening. I will, of course, also be putting out a bonus episode this week, the second part of uh, my interview with Nicole Q. So stay tuned for that one and I hope you enjoy that too. And as always, with so many restrictions in place, it's more important than ever to have a structured plan to ensure you maximise your training and don't waste this time by getting unfit. Staying committed to your training is one thing you can have control over, even if it feels like the rest of your life is out of control. Maybe that's just me. If you need an individualised plan, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to chat about a training plan. Have a great week of training and stay safe and well.